Tobias doesn't have time to sit and feel sorry for himself because he still has his appointment with the lawyer. Uh, it's still yeah. his birthday. He still has to hear the last statement left to him by his father. Uh, and the others can't help him. Mm -hmm. Because a single strange animal anywhere mm -hmm. would give them all away. Especially now that they know that this is Visser 3. That Arya is Visser 3. And we've already established, like, this lawyer's office, there's nowhere to get close with an animal. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, all of the other Animorphs are somewhere else creating a distraction so that the Animorphs are seen somewhere else. That's, I missed that the first time around, I mm -hmm. think. That's very clever. Uh-huh. And he is terrified, not for himself, but for getting his friends caught. Because yeah. he knows that if, if he goes down, then the others would be, would be taken. Yeah, he, he knows he's a liability. Mm -hmm. And he starts running through this. And it's just like... Um, yeah, because it, it's just like that series of dominoes. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, they get him. Um, he doesn't know why they suspect him, but if they figure out he's one of the Andalite bandits, then clearly some of the other Andalite bandits are human too. And then, okay, so they've got to be people that Tobias knows, and then they'd get Jake. Mm -hmm. And we get excited about Jake. He had been my friend. The only person like, to show him kindness. Yeah. Jake would be made to a controller. Even if he died resisting them, they'd move on from him to Marco, his best friend, and Rachel, his cousin, from Rachel to Cassie. Game over. I was shaking and scared by the time I reached the office. It wasn't so much for me. I guess at some level I didn't care all that much if I lived or died right then. I just worried about blowing it somehow, for the others, for my friends. I guess it's true what they say about combat soldiers. They may start out fighting for their country, but they end up fighting for the guy next to them in the foxhole. I didn't so much care about the fate of the human race at that moment. I wasn't human. I was a hawk. But I cared about Jake and Cassie and Marco and Axeman and Rachel. Always Rachel. The receptionist isn't there when he walks through the door. Uh, he is trembling, um, uh, but he schools himself and he meets Arya, who is in the room with the lawyer, um, and, uh, introduces himself. He falls into the role of the tough street kid, um, and leans into, again, uh, his forgetfulness for making facial expressions and tendency to stare. Mm -hmm. uh, and he susses out quickly um, the distance that de Groot is keeping between himself and Arya. Um, this fear and figures out, okay, so uh, de Groot's a controller because he knows who Arya is. Mm -hmm. Um and Tobias is like playing this indifference. Um, and Arya is just like, Aren't you interested in finding out who your real father is? And Tobias laughs it off, like, Did he leave me money? Just like, just told no like figures. Um, and uh, De Groot taps the pages to straighten them, then we'll just go straight to reading the document if that's. There's some little bit of Vista 3 showed through then. Read it. He, she slash he snapped then forcing a smile said I'm anxious to hear what this is all about and then point blank Tobias tells us that it saves his life that he'd forgotten how to use facial expressions uh, uh, and the lawyer reads begins reading this letter Dear Tobias, I am your father. You never knew me, and I never knew you. I do not know what your life has been over these many years. I hope that your mother found someone else to love. I know that all memory of me has been erased from her mind. All evidence of my time on Earth has been erased. 
and Tobias is extremely aware of Arya just like fucking staring daggers at him, looking for any sign of a reaction. A twitch, as a predatory alertness. Mm hmm. Uh, and he just sits like a stone. I am being given this opportunity to communicate with you by the very creature who has erased my life on this earth. He has called me back to my duty and I cannot fail. This will all seem very strange to you, my unknown, unseen, unmet son, but I am not one of your people. I have taken the form of a human, but I am not human. <laughs> my lungs wanted to stop breathing. My heart wanted to stop beating. I felt like suddenly everyone, everything was very close in. Like Arya slash Visser 3 was breathing on my cheek and the lawyer was leaning clear over his desk to whisper his words right in my ear. Not human. A reaction. I needed a reaction. I rolled my eyes and said, oh man, in as sarcastic a tone as I could manage. The lawyer glanced at Visser 3 then went on. I was in a terrible war. I did terrible things. I had to, I suppose. But I grew tired of war, so I ran away. I went and hid among the people of Earth, among humans. While on Earth and living as a human, I took the name Alan Fangor. The lawyer was quoting from memory now, no longer reading. His eyes were narrowed to slits as he watched me. I took the name Alan Fangor, but my true name is Elfangor Cyrenial Shamtul. Time stopped. I felt like I'd grabbed hold of a million-volt power line. Every cell in my body was tingling. Elfangor, my father. I could not let a flicker of recognition appear. Not a movement. Not a widening of the eyes. Nothing. Nothing. The lawyer stopped. Mr. Three glared at me with a woman's eyes. I shrugged. Is that it? I saw Arya's eyes dim. He was disappointed. The tension, the electricity seemed to slowly seep out of the airless cube of an office. Uh, and the lawyer goes on to read the rest, but isn't really... His heart isn't in it anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he couldn't quite believe the name didn't make me jump up and run around the room. And though you will never know me and we will never meet, I wanted to make sure that you knew my disappearance from your life was not by my choice. I wanted nothing more than to live out my life, loving your mother and loving you as well. But we did meet Elfangor, I thought. We met as you lay dying. Did you know? Did you guess? Did you sense at the last terrible moment when I had to leave you to the murderer who no sense beside me that I was your son? Tears. No, no. One tear and I would die. De Groot looked annoyed, let down. He mumbled through the last paragraph of the letter. But I was part of something larger than myself. I had my duty. There was a great evil I had to fight. There were lives I had to try and save, including yours and your mother's. I am from a race called Andalites. Duty is very important to us, as it is to many, many humans. I cannot say that I love you, my son, because I do not know you, but, I, but know that I wanted to love you. Know that, at least. I'm sad about Elfangor again. Word. Uh, but Tobias plays off the rest of the thing. Uh, shrugs it off like, well, that figures. My, my so-called real father shows up and he's a lunatic. Uh, no money, right? No money. Uh, and he looks at Arya's like, did you really want to take me in? Or were you just hoping I was going to inherit something? And uh, Visser 3 is like, oh, yeah, I do want to take you in. But I have to go back to Africa. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and as he's leaving, Arya says to him, I knew your father. We were, shall we say, on the opposite sides of certain issues, but he was no fool. Prince Elfangor Cyrenial Shamtul was no fool, and the galaxy will not soon see his like again. <laughs> and Tobias just like, good grief, you're as crazy as he was, and walks out. Uh, and overhears De Groot saying, shouldn't we take him just to be safe, make him one of us? Arya snorted der derisively. He's street trash. A waste of a yerk. Elfangor would be ashamed. His son should be a warrior, a worthy adversary, not some young fool. A pity, really. I'd been in Morph for a long time. I left the office and made it to a safe place without being followed or watched. I demorphed. I didn't think about the fact that I'd decided to remain as a human. I demorphed to Hawk before I could be trapped. But then I morphed again. Back to human. See, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry a lot for a long time. And hawks don't cry. 
And then Danielle cries for a really long time. Danielle cries for 20 years. <laughs> this line lives in my head rent free. Mm -hmm. And it constantly, I think about this. <laughs> <laughs> How much does that line inform Sears' uh, characterization, Danielle? A lot. <laughs> like, there, there's a line at the end of our first arc in season one. Mm -hmm. Where, uh, I, I, like, a lot has happened to Seer. He's told his parents to, well, he's made his parents leave the city and he's now sitting in their empty home. Um, and I'm like, but he doesn't cry because birds can't cry. And ev no one else understands the significance of that. And I'm just like dying. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes you do a reference just for you. <laughs> just to hurt yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um so we we'll we'll quickly wrap the rest of the story and then we'll and get into like our discussion this, yeah. questions. Um but um we get uh Tobias like wrapping it up, like uh DeGroat said he'd inherited the letter when his father died and he took over the law practice. The younger DeGroat was a controller, so he must have almost had a heart attack when he thought he when he went through his father's old files and saw the name Elfangor. Um, because there's not a Yerk alive that doesn't know that name. Um Visser three had wondered what had happened to this son. Um, did he know the truth? Was Elfangor's son uh, connected to the Andalite bandits? Um and the fact that Tobias had disappeared uh, mm -hmm. had clearly caught Visa 3's interest. So he devised this trap, invent a cousin, offer him what he didn't have, then read the letter. Um, just so happened that in this crisis of a young Hawk Bajir, um, and needed two traps. Um, and because he wasn't sure whether or not Tobias was connected to the Adelaide Bandits, playing the role to the max, which is why um check when checking on Beck, pretended to be that humanity there and then he arranged to make it seem he'd saved some girl's life probably a controller mm -hmm. the little girl it's not the first time we've seen it happen mm -hmm. um and um and it would have worked if Vista 3 hadn't been called to the facility um because he'd been in Arium off and had to get to the facility quickly uh, a helicopter would get him there fast enough, but he'd need to be in human morph. Mm -hmm. So, um, and Tobias saw him and that ruined the plan. Yeah. Um, and then Tobias um, flies back to the meadow and he's just fucking reeling. Mm -hmm. Understandably. Like, knowing that Elfangor is his father and, of course, that it was the Elamist who let him leave that letter. Who had erased the memories of him on Earth, and uh, Tobias is just like sitting um, in his favorite tree, and reflects um, that he could be angry. Uh, Elfangor left, and his mother's memories of Elfangor were gone, but he isn't angry. He sort of like, okay, so Alfango ran away from his duty and he had no choice but to go back to him. And he reflects that he'd lost a father because of that fact Alfango had been where he had to be, where he had who where he had to be when he had to be there to change the lives of five ordinary kids and maybe save the human race. I wondered why the Elamist had allowed my father to leave me to leave that letter, but I didn't wonder for long. The answer was too simple. See, I had a duty too. And who is there to remind you that what you want for yourself is less important than doing what is necessary and right? Message received, father. Message received. And sort of, I suppose, more set in himself, understanding why he's doing what he's doing, that making that choice, uh, he's able to hunt. Kind of. Kind of. He still has the vision, but he works through it. Yeah. Um, he has. He says, "I had to accept what the vision was telling me, 
but some corner of my own mind had wanted me to understand. Um, he actually attacks and kills the mother rabbit, but also acquires her DNA at the same time. Uh, and then he eats her. And then he morphs the rabbit. I had heard my father's message come down through the years. Now I heard the message my own mind was telling me. You are both Tobias, hawk and human. You always will be. You will always kill to eat. And you will always regret. Uh, and as the mother rabbit, he shepherds the babies back to the safety of their den and uh, protects them from the other hawk because he knows when the other hawk will be watching. Uh, life would have been a lot easier for me if I could have been a simple, ruthless animal, if all my decisions were straightforward, if everything made sense. But that's not the way it is for human beings. I looked up at the other hawk through terrified rabbit eyes. I had become prey, this time for real. This is what it felt like. This is what my prey saw when they felt my shadow blot out the sun. It was good that I knew. Sorry, my brother hawk, I said to the shadow of death above me. There's nothing left for you in this meadow. These little ones are under my protection now. I killed to eat. But I didn't need to eat these little ones. These I would save. These little ones I could pity. That was the human thing to do. That night, I went to Rachel's room. She was asleep. She was ticked off when I woke her up, but she rolled out of bed and put on a robe and told me she'd never get any sleep with some idiot bird coming in and out at all hours. Then she showed me the cake. She lit a candle, and I blew it out by flapping my wing. Neither of us sang happy birthday, but she said it. Happy birthday, Tobias. I continued to die. Mm -hmm. Just the... One of our discussion questions, um, uh, Bella asks, why Tobias kills the rabbit and then takes care of the babies? Um, is it guilt for having to be a hunter? I know he was embarrassed when Rachel caught him eating roadkill. The killing or eating to survive has never really seemed to bother him that much. He's eaten in front of the others before, so... Why the sudden squeamishness? Or is it more the fact that he got reminded what it was like to be human and it threw him off? And I think about, again, book nine with Cassie, where she drew a line and said, no, these skunk babies I'm going to save. Because she was proving her own humanity to herself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Tobias is doing here. Um, he is proving his own humanity to himself. He still eats the rabbit because he recognizes that he is a predator that has to kill to eat. But then he decides to take care of the babies because he also recognizes that he's a human and cares about the prey that he's eating in a way that a predator doesn't. Um... I really like with that final chapter um, the the way he talks about his humanity isn't in a negative light, mm -hmm. but rather it allows him to do things mm -hmm. that he needs to not. The two parts of him don't feel like they're in conflict. He's not blaming one his problems in mm -hmm. in one aspect on the other. But rather, they're sort of, at least for the moment, in equilibrium. Because mm -hmm. and he's and it's about him making these choices, and he knows that. Mm -hmm. And what was that line about? Oh, I closed the box. I closed the PDF about <laughs> um, instinct and emotion. Yeah, it's a rotten situation, I guess. But my duty is to be what I am: a hawk, a boy, instinct and emotion. I'll have to go on walking that tightrope. Yeah. It's real good. Mm-hmm. Mm. So one of uh, Bella's other points, um, which to be fair, um, 
Bella wrote the questions while at work and <laughs> was said like hadn't read the book immediately. It is addressed that it is thanks to the Elamist that Elfangor was able to leave mm-hmm. a message. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hand waved because in the Andalite Chronicles, it's kind of like he pulls him up out of his life and then like magic gesture and suddenly Elfangor's back in a fighter when it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but the pulling him up out of his life also included changing Lauren's memories and having this other person interact with Lauren and mm-hmm. letting Elfangor write this letter. Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not ever described in the Andalite Chronicles. So it feels weird to just be like, yeah. Oh yeah, he wrote this letter. Um, but I think it's just like implied that in that whole process, mm-hmm. the Elamist allowed this. Yeah. Or even maybe in one like really dark night when Elfangor is out fighting the Yerks, like he calls out to the Elamist and like mm. in in a similar way to how we have seen Tobias do it. Um, yeah. Where, you know, he asks, like, how is my son doing? Can I, you know, I, I left without being able to leave him any kind of message. Can I do that? Um, and given we know that the Elamist can see, like, all of time. Mm-hmm. If you're saying, like, oh, yeah, no, this will be useful later. But, yeah, I'll hook you up. Mm-hmm. There's something delightfully upsetting about the notion of the Elamist granting this boon because it's a useful tool that will help him later Uh i hate it and it's very good and it's upsetting Mm -hmm. and once again oh my god i'll talk there's that i had a dumb kid's thought i'll yell about (laughs) it uh off mic yeah uh so bella's other thoughtful question is do you think that Tobias actually could have given up the fight and been okay with it to have a normal life, knowing that his friends would still be out fighting and could potentially die with how many times he swooped in and saved everyone's asses? No. No. Even if he was human, he would have gone back in. Yeah, he would have tried to do something. In the same way that when he was a hawk who couldn't morph, he would put his body on the line, he would Mm -hmm. do the same as a human. I I full-heartedly believe that. And I think, I think what might happen is he would try, like he would sit for a minute and 50 seconds or 50 or an hour and 50 minutes and then panic and demorph. And I feel like he might have to try a few times. Mm-hmm. And the way I envision it is like he's, he, maybe he goes to live with Aria and he's like, no, not yet. like. There's another mission and another mission. And I don't have to be fully human yet. Like, I can live this life and, similar to how David did it, go to the bathroom every two hours. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just and- like a, it'd be a weird inverse of what the rest do with their home life. Exactly. And, like, and maybe at one point loses track of time. Maybe because he gets caught up in this human life that he has yeah you know and and he loses track of time and suddenly he's a human again but like yeah. i love the notion of uh i watched luca for the first time a couple of weeks ago very mm. cute movie but like the notion of just like falling asleep in a bed mm-hmm. like just exhaustion and falling asleep in morph not even thinking mm-hmm. or just like being caught up in a moment with Rachel or one of the others. Yeah. You know, a very human mistake to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, he would hate himself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> because our boy needs therapy and he ain't getting it anytime soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, that that's how I would I envision it would happen. Yeah, like, I don't no, I, I don't think that. I don't know that he would have the str well the strength quote quotes around strength, um, 
to walk out of that meeting and instantly mm. go, okay, two hours. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think he would have panicked a couple of times and maybe tried to make it work otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and then done it by accident in a similar to way, in a similar way to how he became trapped as a hawk. Yeah. Um, we also got this real fun fanfic prompt <laughs> uh, from Maud. Um, Visa 3 is apparent, horrible or god-awful? Could this have been a way for Tobias to possibly take out the Visa if he wasn't going to abandon the war? <laughs> Which is just super tight. <laughs> As a fanfic idea, I love this. Uh, yeah. The the actual answer to your question is Visser 3 would have just made Tobias a controller mm -hmm. and that would have been it. But like yeah. the idea of them both trying to like <laughs> have this fucking sitcom-esque life. Oh my god. <laughs> I really need the bathroom, Aria. Why? I'm using it. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, like the weird. Yeah, no, I like. I do want the fever dream fanfic. Uh, oh, yeah, that that's the kind of question that crackfic is made of. Um, it's good shit. Yeah, man, um, that's just making me want to circle back. I, just Tobias knowing who Visa Three is, having watched Visa Three eat Elfangor, not just kill, eat. In an mm -hmm. act of truly sadistic cruelty. Hearing Visa 3 talk about Alfangor like that. Uh-huh. Because we, you and I um, have discussed this a little, uh, I think also with a couple of our guests, which is like the fucking foyer energy of Visa mm -hmm. 3 towards Alfangor. And a little bit of faggot towards Vista 3. Like, I'm at the end of Light Chronicles. Like, uh -huh. mm, just sort of like, my enemy. <laughs> just like, what is it, that Kate Beaton comic of my nemesis? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of like, mm. Yeah. Okay, bud. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it it's is incredibly good, but like, I also find it interesting like this, of Tobias getting that insight into Vista 3. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, as much as Visser 3 hated Elfangor, he also respected him. Mm -hmm. um, which is why he feared him and wanted to kill him so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's definitely a... The more you think about it as an adult, the more horrifying a statement it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like, what... What kind of cognitive dissonance mm. is this motherfucker walking around with that yeah like they can look back fondly on this weird uh rivalry mm -hmm. war between them that they had and and like praise him as being a worthy foe but also like you ate the motherfucker alive I'm j this is just a character just how much this is season three Hannibal energy. <laughs> <laughs> I say this as somebody that unironically loved Hannibal and I'm gutted that we never got more of it. Mm -hmm. So, hey, toxic, complicated relationships are interesting in fiction. Yes. Uh, which is why it's fridge horror. It's after you have disengaged from the fiction and you think about it, you're like... What the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's also, um, it isn't Hannibal. It's it's something else about. Um, oh, it's um, Perfume, mm. uh, which is a Buckwild movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, do check out content warnings before you do so. But Ben Wishart is incredible in it. Um, but it. Spoilers for perfume, <laughs> but the end of it, um, as an act of love, like of sheer desire, um, the tit titular character um, is eaten. Hmm. 
as an act of love by this div- this crowd that mm-hmm. just are so enraptured that they consume him. Mm. And I'm just like the notion of loving some that need to possess something mm-hmm. and control it mm-hmm. by consuming it. Yeah. I'm not going to call out our mutual friend, but uh, romantic heart eating. Um. <laughs> I was like, which friend could we be calling out? Because we know a lot of people that like, <laughs> like, which one? Where's this going? I know who we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is, you're, you're absolutely right. It is very I'm going to end up going to look up fucking Alfangle versus three fic at some point, and I hate myself. <laughs> I'm not proud, <laughs> but I'm also not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> Listen, uh, as soon as I finished the Magnus archives, I immediately went to Dirk and was like, hey, Dirk, I know that you have that good, good John Elias shit. Give it to me. <laughs> hit, hit, me up with the, hit me up with the real messed up shit. <laughs> I, and I they did. It. They provided, and I'm very grateful. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <sighs> I laugh because I I am so sad about my son. <laughs> yep. Let 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 let's do our wrap up questions. Yeah. Um. So let's let let's talk rankings. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think, uh, to loop back to the earlier point, the reason why I couldn't really remember the B plot is actually for once the A and B plot feel like they're the same. There really mm-hmm. is only the one plot yeah. here mm-hmm. and it works. And it, mm-hmm. I feel like it's tight for it. There aren't any moments in this where I go, okay, this is here too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there are any gaping holes like we've seen in mm. other books or like really weird contrivances. Yeah. Um, I I I think this one brings up. It's a simple plot. There isn't a lot of it, mm-hmm. but what's there, I feel, is paced well mm-hmm. and uh, very engaging. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily the most exciting of plots. This is a character-focused yeah. book, not a plot-focused book. Right. I like mm-hmm. it for that. Yeah, me too. But I- like that. I'm a I I would rather I'm a like I'm a character person, not necessarily a plot same. person. Same, big same. This is why Christopher Nolan movies are bollocks, and you can fight me, <laughs> internet. I said it. I think Christopher Nolan's overrated. Yeah, me and Andrew have a hard time enjoying the same media because he is very much a plot and world building person, and mm-hmm. I am very much a characterization person. Oh. it's fine to like different things (laughs) yeah i mean once we realized that (laughs) yeah how 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 many years into the relationship was you don't have to watch that on it wasn't too many uh it was mostly because we kept butting heads about animal well i don't say we butt heads about animorphs he keeps baiting me about animorphs ah yes I'm familiar with the the spouse bait uh-huh. maneuver, uh, and like I can recognize it, but also, um, yeah, it's one of those things. Just like I know I'm being baited, but I'm gonna rise to it anyway. But uh-huh. no, I do this willingly. <laughs> <laughs> he um, did so that. A- Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, I'll tell I, you I was- later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'd say maybe plot, maybe uh, seven. It's mm-hmm. tight. There's just not a lot to write home about. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, there's a letter and a baby goes missing. Yeah. Um, characterization, 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's very on point. I don't feel like anybody is out of character here. Um, I like that the Yerks are, for the most part, pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that one Hork-Bajir controller. Um, but like... Visser 3's plan is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I like when my bad guys are competent. Yes. Yes. Because they are more dangerous for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Tobias's whole kind of character journey through this book. I love Rachel's. Mm. Um, 
you know, we don't see obviously as much of Rachel and Marco and Cassie and Axe, but we do like we do get those nods to their characterizations. Yeah. Um, they, that are, all the little beats we get mm-hmm. feel very strong. Mm-hmm. And I love the Hork Bajir. Mm-hmm. Um I I love how the Hork Bajir are characterized. I hate how the Animorphs react to that characterization. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, like, I I hate how the characterization... I love it, but I hate how it's described. Yes. <laughs> love how they're characterized, hate how they're written. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, um, I would also say solid 10 for characterization. How about enjoyability, satisfaction? How much do you enjoy crying? Uh, you know, it, it's cathartic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's a very satisfying yes. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think there's a point of there's catharsis, but also I'm just like, oh, I just feel like I'm being putting through the ringer. Yeah. Which sometimes like that maybe knocks a couple of points off the enjoyability mm-hmm. satisfaction. Cause just like, okay, but did it have to be quite this painful? <laughs> and also this stuff with the Hawk Bajir did bother me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's give it an eight, I reckon, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. <coughs> it could be better. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. All right. Um, I'm going to do the, the last question first because that's the easiest one to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, essential animals reading? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. No further, no, no further details <laughs> required. <laughs> Read it. Um, favorite part? Uh, I really like his fight with Rachel mm. because we get so much about we get so much explicitly about how the two of them feel about this decision that Tobias could make. Yeah. What about you? It's hard. I think part of me loves the um that argument is great. Um part of me loves um Tobias's like shell shock moment. Mm-hmm. Um I really like the reading of the letter. Mm-hmm. Like it's so cinematic to me. Yes. yes. Like mm-hmm. Tobias finding out what we know. Mm-hmm. And like knowing that the letter is real as mm-hmm. well. And the way Alfangor talks to this child that he doesn't know and also but thing is we know from the Andalite Chronicles that he realizes that Tobias his son is going to meet his brother Mm -hmm. and knows that's going to happen but we don't get Alfangor's perspective on meeting the kids but god I hope he knew who Tobias was yeah I hope that Tobias looks like Lauren. I think we do, because in the in the do epilogue, we? yeah, in the oh, epilogue yeah, yeah. of the Andalite Chronicles, where yes. he's finishing off his Hirak the List, and not he's making like, stuff up in my head. You're not, no. Okay, um, I thought I was just wishing really hard. <laughs> uh, and you know, he's like this kid with blonde hair, just like Lauren's, and he remembers that those five points of light coinciding and then meeting up with his brothers and he realizes yeah this is this is him it's um, good well then i like that this is the counterpart to that and mm-hmm. what it means to have those two things be true and mm-hmm. that's some good narrative like buttoning on it mm-hmm. let me see if i can find it actually uh as for did anything surprise me uh, as i mentioned i did not see aria being visa 3 coming mm-hmm. until until the moment i did 
<laughs> but like I generally I genuinely didn't think that was the case. And I think it's a good thing. Like I definitely thought there was something weird going on. But I did that was not what I thought. Uh-huh. So, and I and I like sometimes cuz that felt like a satisfying oh shit. Mm-hmm. Obviously I didn't react to it quite as strongly as Tobias did when he found out, but mm-hmm. definitely a like oh this is so much worse than yeah. I thought. Yeah. In a in a good way. Yeah. I found it. Uh mm-hmm. And that's when five human children, no older than Lauren had been when I first met her, came by. Three boys and two girls, scared at the sight of me, but not so scared that they ran away. One of them seemed especially drawn to me, and when I saw his face, I knew why. He could only be Lauren's son. My son. Hello, the one called Tobias said to me. I broke our Andalite law and gave these children the power to morph. See, I knew what human children can do. The Yerks came, and I told the human children to hide, but Tobias stayed behind with me for just a few moments, alone. Your mother. Tell me about your mother, Tobias. Your family. He was surprised. Troubled. She disappeared. When I was just little. I don't know what happened. I guess she died. People say she just left because she was messed up. They said she never got over my father. I don't know. But I know she has to be dead because she'd never have just left me. No matter what. But maybe that's just what I told myself. I don't exactly have a family. It was a fresh stab of pain in my hearts. And yet, I knew now that all was not lost. Go to your friends, Tobias. They are your family now. Yeah, that's it. Uh huh. So, did anything surprise you? <laughs> uh, I forgot that the Beck plot was in this book. I don't I don't know what I thought the the like action plot of this book was. Yeah. Um but I started reading it and it, like the Beck thing came up and I was like, "Huh, that happens here?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but that was that was really it. Um I did enjoy being able to like dig a little deeper into like the thought processes that that are going on and come at it with um uh more attention and uh wider perspective so uh was there any part that didn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand no i think i'm good mm-hmm. nothing that didn't become clearer by the, or become clear by the end mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Maybe, but mostly I just feel emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... How long do you think it takes Tobias to tell Axe that Axe is his uncle? That's a mean question for you to ask <laughs> me when you know the answer and knowing that I hate to be wrong. <laughs> There's a reason I don't tell you my theories. It's mostly a rhetorical question. Uh okay. to just just to make you think about like oh man, he's he's almost definitely not going to tell him right away, huh? Mhm. Mhm. Curses. <laughs> okay. How about you? Any closing thoughts? I I just think about Tobias and him constantly putting his duty to the planet and his friends above himself and what he wants and denying himself everything that he wants, um, but still wanting it so goddamn badly and tearing himself up about it. And I think about uh, in demon AUs where people abuse their demons and just like I have so many feelings for this for this bird and his duality and his feelings about his duality and his feelings about Rachel 
and his and Rachel's relationship and how he's never given a break and never allowed to sit with his feelings long enough. It's like he, he has nothing but time to, to stew in his self-hatred, but when he has these big things of emotions, like, he doesn't have the time to sit with them. Except that he doesn't remember how to use facial expressions anymore, and it saves his life. Again, being a hawk instead of a human saves his life, and yet he turns to humans so that he can cry. And I just die. Over and over so, again, I die. So many of your character choices are just becoming <laughs> increasingly clear to me. <laughs> Danielle's imprinting on animorphs. <laughs> that, is, that is not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my incredible co-host has been Danielle. Uh, you can find them on the internet at redtailedhawk90, including the games they have written on itch.io, and you can listen to them demonstrating the impact that Animorphs has had <laughs> on their tabletop roleplay game character choices on uh, the room where it happened. The current season is maybe working its way to a close, but go back and listen to season one if you want to know what uh, Tobias and Rachel's theoretical bird boy <laughs> son would be like. <laughs> Spoilers, gay and issues. <laughs> gay and sad and angry. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their wonderful sets of characters on Follow the Leader, um, which is a GM-less actual play podcast where they go through a whole bunch different games and settings and universes all with the same cast of characters it's absolutely phenomenal um and they season all do. six coming soon season six is coming soon um they're also on that feed they are currently putting out the sagas of the sunless reach riddle of rule uh game that you heard us talking about and plugging for the past few episodes. Um, it's no longer showing live, but if you are interested in listening to it and you don't want to watch it on YouTube, you can get it on the Fall of the Leader uh, feed. I highly recommend it. I'm listening to it now and having a lot of fun. Um, uh, did you plug Dumb Kids already? Uh, we talked about it a bunch. Uh, Dumb Kids Playing Hero is our Animorphs AU actual play podcast using a hack of Forge in the Dark that Danielle wrote. It's great. Um, come listen to a bunch of uh, early 20-something college students in Boston attempting to uh, fight the uh, Yerk invasion mm -hmm. and have emotions about it with us. Just so, so many emotions. I do this to myself, really. Yeah. If you're a fan of Animorphs and want to see how a group of people that have never read the books accidentally replicate the characters and <laughs> dynamics to a disconcerting degree, yeah, listen to Dom Kiss Flying Hero. <laughs> it is. It is hashtag painful. Uh, <laughs> I set myself up for this. I have no one to blame but myself. Uh, and it's very good <laughs> is the thing. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe out there. And, oh, important thing. There will be a brief break between the episode that you are listening to right now and the next episode for book 24. Uh, because Jade's going to be doing some traveling, uh, including <laughs> traveling, to visit us here in the U.S. Um, and so we're actually going to be recording book 24 in person. Um, so when so. Danielle smirks and you hear a thump, it's because I threw a pill at that book. <laughs> so, you know, this this feral energy we have bouncing off, off of each other right now is just going to be worse. Especially those of you who know what Book 24 entails, like, it's going to be so much. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll catch you in four weeks' time. Um, stay safe out there. And stay safe, everybody. Let's do a clap. Let's do a clap. Uh, uh, 40? 40?